Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Oh my god. Danny, what are you doing? Are you starting to record your podcast? Yeah, I just put it on. It's just uh it's gonna start doing it now. Oh my god, I can't believe you did that when I'm naked. What does it matter if you're naked? They can't see you. It's audio. Oh my god, you're bad. <laughs> you're bad. You're a bad one. He is bad when he means. What's up, Chance? Well, sorry, I started shifting into this baby talk thing that me and my friend Dana do towards the end there. But I don't, you know, it might be like, no pun intended, but baby steps towards talking baby talk on this podcast. It is the most fun thing <laughs> I've ever come up with. Me and my coworker, Dana from uh, Calvin Klein, used to talk like babies. But I'm not going to do that to you. But, yeah. Oh, my God, Danny. Did you even tell your listeners about me? Yeah, I told them about you, baby. Oh, my God. That's that's my girlfriend. That's not me doing a a pseudo, a poorly done pseudo women's voice. Woman's voice. That's that's my girlfriend. Fuck you. If you're a girl and you think I'm into you, sorry, I got my girlfriend. And hey, don't say fuck you to the other girls. That's not nice. You're being mean. I'm not going to fuck you if you're mean. Sip, chance. Welcome to the Friday episode of the vainly titled Danny Palmer Show. Fucking, I got a bunch of feedback this week, a bunch of feed, as it were. First of all, how about uh, 420 yesterday, dude? What a fucking day. Weed's legal in New York. It's fucking 420. Derek Chauvin's going to fry. It's all good shit, man. It's all, it came together nicely. And yesterday in New York, it was like a 72 degree, picture perfect day. Went up to fucking Sheep Meadow in Central Park and threw a ball around with former co-hosts Zach McGovern and a few other peeps and fucking, it was fucking fun, dude. It was fucking fun. First of all, I thought it was called Sheep's Meadow in Central Park. It's Sheep Meadow, okay? The sheep do not possess the meadow, if that's what you were thinking. If that's what you were thinking, you've got a lot to learn about Central Park regions. Sheep Meadow was right in the bottom of the fucking park. I thought it was like up towards the middle. It's a nice view of the billionaires row on 57th Street. Oh, we're billionaires. We built some really tall, really high, tall buildings, and they're super thin, and they're creaking, and we're fucking assholes because we got these super skinny buildings above you. You know what we should do? Just get like everybody in New York City with an income below like $35,000 to just should just like pull their income and buy a giant saw and let's just like chop those billionaire row buildings down, you know? Ooh, you're so tall and thin and high above the others and you're a billionaire. Go fuck yourself. It's probably just like investors from Macaw and shit like that. What the fuck do I know? What the fuck do I know? All right. Um, yeah, so my friend, first of all, shout out to my friend Carissa, my coworker, seem to be erstwhile coworker. <laughs> She's a faithful listener of the pod, and she uh, slacks me and texts me feedback, and I have a bunch of shit from her this week. So she said, um, side note, I was just listening to your pod and died at laughing at taping a weed baggie to your taint. <laughs> we were saying taint all weekend. <laughs> she said they went, her and her girlfriends went to some bachelor party, and there was a guy, I guess his name was Tate, at a nearby table, and they just called him Taint. <laughs> I'm sure Tate loved that. Hey, man, there's a bunch of chicks here. This is going to be sick. Okay, wait. Wait, stop calling me Tate. You know my name is Tate. Tate 
fucks. Taint gets laid. Taint's a loser. Don't call me Taint. <laughs> Taint. Um, oh, dude. Okay. Oh, another friend said, I love the female character. Thank you, Faith. Keep that up. Hilarious. Oh, my God. Does your friend think that I'm a fucking character? Because I'm not a character, Faith, you jerk. I'm a real person. I just happen to be in love with Danny, okay? Ooh, sorry. Sorry, she got a little aggressive. <laughs> you know how she is. Unnamed pseudo-girlfriend that I have. Um, What else did Krista say? She said, I was listening to you last night. Good shit, man. Good shit. I died it if Etsy hears this and says I can't make crafts with them anymore. So, yeah. Probably shouldn't be saying the name of my future employer on this podcast. But, hey, here we fucking are. Also, a lot of people don't like the space content. <laughs> My friend Victoria doesn't like it. Now Carissa doesn't like it. My old boss Asha doesn't like it. Carissa says, I mean, space is, space, space is very niche. But cool people like Amanda and Rebecca, former guests of the pod, not niche. You apparently babbling on about your taint, very relatable and not niche. Literally the content I signed up for. Weed baggies, tape to taints. I mean, maybe I should make that as a, like the, the motto or the slogan of the Danny Palmer show. The Danny Palmer Show, weed bags, tape to taints. <laughs> that could be fun. That could be something. Oh, yeah. Also, I just got this text from another friend of mine, Sarah. So basically on Fridays, or so to promo the pod, I don't really do much. <laughs> what I do do is you can go into Spotify and then you can post a link to your show uh, via Instagram stories. So I'll do that. I'll write like a, try to, like a cute little sentence, you know, introducing it. But apparently it's making my friend Sarah quite angry. She says, every time you post a story, I have to brace myself in case it's the exact same promo, wick I've been see- promo pick I've been seeing for 10 weeks. Well, yes, guess what, Sarah? It is going to be the same promo pick you've seen for 10 weeks because I don't know how to change the background picture because guess what? I don't work for Spotify. I applied to a job at Spotify. They did not get back to me. They receive a lot of applications until they review mine and hire me on board to do corporate recruiting. And then I break into the podcast department and learn that technology. You're just going to have to wait, young lady. Okay? You're just going to have to wait. Why are you talking to other girls so much in your podcast? Especially when I'm right in the room. Baby chill, baby. <laughs> baby chill. All right. Um, dude, last week I was talking about fucking uh, Fermilab. And then it was a, a category, or we called it answer on Jeopardy in the last few weeks or something like that. So I was about to explain something boring, but I'm not going to explain the boring thing. Anyways, um, I told my friend Gar, I was like, Gar, will you take me to Fermilab? Because he's a biochemist. And he goes, oh, there's not biochem- biochemists at Fermi. And then uh, now this is where my friend Gar has to do some weird, dumb research. So then he texted back again. He goes, never mind. There are biochemists at Fermi. They just don't want to hang out with me. I didn't want to give you bad information for the podcast. I know people I know people count on you for hard hitting facts. <laughs> hey, fuck you, man. Oh my god, why's your friend Garbian mean? Hey Gar, back off. He's my man. Why don't you go teach some chemistry to some fucking nineteen year olds, you fucking weirdo? Alright. That was not me, Gar, that's my friend. Dude, I was telling somebody about uh this art exhibit. So the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a Rock and Roll. Why am I fucking fucking up my words? God damn it, Danny. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland, Ohio. They, at some point, I think it was probably like eight, nine years ago, they had an annex museum here in New York. I don't know if you know about the controversy with the Rock Hall because 
they'll oftentimes have the introduction or the induction ceremonies in New York at like Madison Square Garden. The rationale being that Cleveland doesn't have enough hotel rooms downtown to house all of the guests for such a potentially large event, pre-pandemic, obviously, pre-pandemic. But maybe maybe partially because of that or just because the, you know New York has a lot to do with the Rock Hall, they have this annex. And it was in Soho, I believe, and it was really cool. They had a lot of cool shit that is not, you know, I don't know if they borrowed it from the permanent exhibit at the Rock Hall. I think it was just specifically, specific memorabilia for for this one. Because don't art museums do that? Yeah, they'll have like their permanent collection like at the Met, but then they've got these, these fucking like archives, these like back offices with a, with a bunch of art. Dude, how, 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 how much would that suck? You're an artist and the Met's like, Danny, we've decided to purchase your collection. And you're like, oh, fuck yes, dude. And then it just sits in one of their fucking storerooms for like 30 years. It's like, dude, come on, man. Come on. I don't know if I told this story before, but when I was in high school, I had an art class and me and my friend would fuck with her. And then to get revenge, I made she didn't um, display my art piece in the art art uh, fair in the library. So I guess that was her means of getting back at me. But it's like, you know what, lady? Just because I make jokes about smoking bongs and stuff like that and, and completely slack off and don't do any work and I'm a bad artist, really bad at art, doesn't mean that my stingray, <laughs> my paper mache stingray shouldn't be displayed in the art show, okay? I deserve credit. I deserve plaudits plaudits words are fun do you guys like words like plaudits okay okay we're just going right along anyway oh, the point of this fucking story was that the rock hall annex had uh the last exhibit that they i guess they advertised the most was curated uh by yoko ono so i think there was like you know some like historic uh, music pictures and memorabilia around John Lennon and her creations and drawings and things like that. But then her like, I mean, I'm definitely using this term in the worst way possible. The grand finale was this like box and it was like encased in this like glass thing. So you couldn't touch the box, but you're like, what the fuck is in this box? Apparently when John Lennon got shot, they collected his, bloody clothes and then the morgue or whatever like just has the possessions of people that are killed and it took a long time i think it was like a year or something but they ended up ultimately mailing back the box of bloody clothes to yoko ono as as his spouse and and her point in this exhibit was that you know how callous and hard-hearted and cruel is new york city for mailing back a box of dead clothes but it's like how much fucking time and and like resources does the fucking morgue have to properly you know display or care for the possessions of people that are killed i mean i know it's tragic and it would be great if they had these people that were you know putting all of the those kind of mementos and some you know warm keepsake or valuable little I don't know, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. If they've made it nice, but they're a fucking city with the city budget and, and you know, they got to pay the fucking janitors and all the fucking, you know, workers that are making New York City run. They don't have time to put, put your, you know, dead husband's clothes in a special box, lady, okay? As I'm saying this, I'm, I'm realizing, realizing that I sound very cruel. <laughs> I'm sorry, Yoko. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Hey, 
Are you going to try to fuck Yoko Ono? Oh no, I am certainly not. But yeah, it's just like, I was texting a friend about this. I'm like, you know, hey, I'm trying to support the arts here. Can you not traumatize me? Like, do we need murder victim clothing in the fucking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame annex exhibit? First of all, what the fuck? You're like, what the? You're going to go to the what? The Rock Hall annex. Okay, cool. That sounds fun. Bloody clothes in a box. This is temporary. It's not even a real museum. Like, what are we doing? But I don't know. Maybe isn't the point of art to make you talk about it. One time I went to uh, uh, the Whitney Museum and they I took a date there, I think. And they had this one exhibit. It's in the West Village. It is now. They had this one exhibit of security guard jackets. And there were like 15 of them. And I think the point was to say, oh, you're going to an art museum to look at the art. But meanwhile, you're overlooking these real human beings with souls that are there to guard the collection and and they're working for you but you're not really acknowledging them and i was like oh man that's that's a really good point so i i swear to god i did this i walked up to a security guard in the room and i was like hey what do you, what do you think about that uh that display does did that does that resonate with you at all or what did you think about that and he goes what i was like that that display over there it's like security guard jacket he's like i don't i didn't, I didn't even look at it i was like oh yeah sorry sorry dude i'll just i'll just stand down I'll just I'll I'll be over here. <laughs> um Oh, I was reading this uh profile. The New York Times likes to do like this thing called uh spending Sundays with X person and they're usually kind of famous and then they'll be like they'll go through their Sunday routine, which is kind of fun. Do you guys like to talk about routines? I love talking about routines. It's fun. Um but they they'll do like the Sunday routine. So this one guy his name's George Hahn. And they describe him as an urban raconteur. Dude, I'm an urban raconteur. I tell stories and I live in an urban area. I am an urban raconteur. I tell stories. Each Friday at Black Hat LES. You guys should come. Every Friday, 9 o'clock. It's fun. It's fun. Last week, also lit. Um, anyways, so George Hahn, this is a quote from that article. George Hahn spent his newfound free time on Instagram and Twitter. He used to be the social media director for Joan Rivers, where he most... Ex- where he mostly expressed his reignited passion for New York. It might be going down as one of the best loves of my life, Mr. Han said of the city. To spend my money somewhere else when business is needed here would feel disloyal. To be among the counted when so many left, among those who stuck it out, is a privilege. I love that. I so love that, you know? Um, it's It's a privilege to, like be loyal to new york and to stick around and care for it and i know that people had to leave for circumstances that were economic or personal i'm not judging that i'm just saying for the people for those of us that stuck around here it's like yo we're gonna hold this shit up until it gets lit again it's already getting lit again okay it's already getting lit again oh my god but anyway this guy george hahn he uh recorded a satirical video of New York as a hellscape. I don't know if you saw this last summer. It's pretty funny. It's basically him walking around the West Village and um, acting like things are terrible. And really, it's just this like calm, lovely little nightlife scene. It's like, the streets are lined with people doing things like getting ice cream, gay ice cream. And that went viral. But um, yeah. So anyways, Urban Raconteur, George Hahn, spends his Sundays just walking his dogs around, basically, is what I got out of that. Um, also, oh, dude. If you have a fever, I, I, I obviously fevers are bad. You're going to stutter on your own podcast, Danny. Obviously, fevers are bad, but like 
it's also kind of lit to have a fever assuming it doesn't hurt you like long term it's like nobody can deny that you have a fever you're like dude he's got a fever like you don't have to do any work today because you've got a fever <laughs> i don't know i was probably not even probably wasn't even worth reading just so stupid sometimes i'll capture a thought and i take all the time to like copy and paste from a text into my notes or i write it into my notes or i speak it into my notes and then it's like i read it i'm like do you really want to read that shit on the podcast Danny? it's not that fucking good dude it's not that good apparently there's this uh there was a list of companies that had the highest uh, scores for promoting diversity um something along these lines and SurveyMonkey was number two and then this company called gong was number one and i mean you know kudos to them for for achieving that ranking but like can they just go back to the drawing board and their company name like what do you what gong who names their company gong what the fuck does gong do i didn't even look it up but then i was telling my friend i was like this is how uh this is my impression of, of that company Gong, our company name sucks. You probably do like fifteen to twenty more of those, but I, I think you get, I think you get the fucking point. Uh, yeah. So you know, I'm trying to like date and stuff, you know. But like, if you're if you're talking to a girl, if you live in the Lower East Side and a girl lives in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, like that's a bit of a hike. You know, I was talking to this girl that lives out there and she's like, I do honestly think the distance would be an issue here, especially with your lifestyle. She means comedy. Okay. I can't commit to be out in the city as much. And, and then somebody else was like, Danny, there's millions of chicks. Just wait on yours. And and I'm like, that's a good point. You know, regardless of any one particular person, it's like, just do I want like a a serious long-term girlfriend now? I think I kind of do, but you can't force it. You can't be like, okay, now is the time when I want this. That's how I'll make it happen. Anyways, I used to work in Ann Taylor. <laughs> literally zero transitions between this. I mean, it's it's just like my stand-up. There are no transitions. It's cut-and-paste comedy. It's cut-and-paste podcast topics, okay? Uh, when I worked at Ann Taylor, my coworker Chandler and I came up with this list of uh, articles in a women's magazine that we're starting. <laughs> Obviously fictional, but it's fun. So these are the, some of the articles that we are, um, we're going to include in our soon-to-be-launched women's magazine. Uh, 10 fun summer hairstyles. Why do men hate you? Find out. <laughs> Crop top fails. Who wore this shitty outfit better? Bulimia, disease or strategy? Okay, I know that one's intense and it's a little rough, but we're mocking the magazine's approaches to it. We're not mocking the disease or people that have it, okay? Just fucking hold off on your Instagram DMs, which never come no matter what the content is, okay? Just fucking chill. Other women you don't like in unflattering poses. <laughs> what does your boyfriend really mean when he says, I don't want to commit to this relationship? All of your friends hate you? Don't worry. You're definitely still not the problem. There you go. I could do, dude, I could do like writing exercises like that all day. It's just fun. It's just fun to come up with little like article stuff, article names and stuff, you know? Like I used to come up with top 10 lists all the time for my friends and like fake newspaper articles about my, uh, <laughs> adult soccer league or softball league when i lived in atlanta like just danny just go do stand-up stop stop writing a bunch of articles and subjecting your friends to them oh this is a story i thought about i went to this um peter bjorn and john concert uh in atlanta 
They're a fun band. They have that song. Fuck. What's that song called? The Young Folks. Yes. And uh, they're a great band. I think they're Swedish or Norwegian. I think they're Swedish. I don't know. There's one of those Scandinavian comp- countries, I believe. Scandinavian companies. Um, but I went to see them in Atlanta. And this girl came out before the show. And she took the microphone. And she was there to introduce Peter Bjorn and John. I think what had happened is that before the concert... I don't know if she knew somebody in the band or if she had just like expressed her like, you know, diehard support of them, but they allowed this girl to introduce the band and it was a horrific mistake because she was completely hammered. <laughs> you know, like if you're going to go out, it's, it's like a stand-up show. If you're going to introduce a band and you're going to go out on the stage and do it via the microphone, like you just got to be like, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming out. This is one of my favorite bands of all time. Peter Bourne and John. Like, That was what, like 10, 20 seconds? This girl talked for about three minutes and it was nonsensical and she was like slurring. It was incoherent. (laughs) It's just funny to me. When do you have an idea? Oh, this will be great. One of our diehard fans will introduce us. And it's like three minutes in. She's like slurring. You're like, just just get her off the stage. Still talking about girls, Danny? Still talking about other girls? Yeah, some drunk girl in the past from 2007. You'll be fine, sweetie. Okay, don't have to be mean about it. Okay, so my friend Carissa told me about this thing called the rice purity test. Any of you guys have heard about this shit before? But apparently, some students at Rice University, which I believe is in uh, Houston, Texas, Houston, Texas. Yeah, I know it's in Houston. Um, they came up with this like list of 100 questions that college students can ask themselves to see how pure they are or not. I'm obviously not going to read all 100. What I'm going to do is kind of cherry pick some of them and to mock them. Okay, just to give you a sense of what this looks like or how it goes if you haven't seen it. It's just, there's like a checkbox next to all 100 of these and it's on this website. Guess what the website's called? You guessed it, ricepuritytest.com. So you click on every item you've done um, and then MPS stands for member of the preferred sex. So number one, held hands romantically. Number two, been on a date, been in a relationship, danced without leaving room for Jesus. Number five, kissed a non-family member. First of all, why is there an assumption that perhaps incest has occurred in every single person that is taking the rice purity test? That's a little a little odd. How about you say kissed someone? Kissed a non-family member on the lips. French kissed. French kissed a family member. <laughs> just kidding. French kissed in public. I'm saying just kidding because I, that was a joke, but you know that that's a joke. But I tell myself not to say just kidding too much in the podcast. Just relaxing. Keep going. Kissed on the neck. Kissed horizontally. <laughs> horizontally? You mean... Would another way to say that be say would be to say kissed while lying down? You fucking weirdo rice purity test creators. Given or received a hickey. Given or been kissed on the breast. <laughs> was this written like by in the age of like Pride and Prejudice? Like what are we doing, dude? This is you can't come up with a better term than that. Just say tits, dude. Kissed someone below the belt. I mean, does that literally mean that you like kiss their thigh, which would be a little odd? I mean, that's not odd, but it's a little odd if that's what you went below the belt to do. <laughs> I'm going to go below your belt, plant one small kiss in your thigh, and then return to my other activities that don't involve kissing you. Kiss for more than two hours consecutively. Dude, this, this one is insane. Like, if you, are, if you have kissed someone for more than two hours consecutively, something is wrong with both of you. Like, what are you doing? Like, move on to another activity, have sex, or stop kissing which I guess is also moving on to another activity. So just stop. 
Two hours, dude. I'm all for a good makeout session. I mean, I've got a makeout playlist. I'm not gonna lie to you. Making out's great, but two hours is just it's a bit much. That's a lot of fucking dry hopping. You know what I'm saying? Playing played a game involving stripping. Seen or been seen by another person in a sensual context. <laughs> a sensual context? The fuck is that supposed to mean, dude? Sensual does that mean like there's like white curtains billowing or something? All right, I, and then number 17 is masturbated. Do you think if you've done all of these things, if you French kissed in public, kissed horizontally, kissed below the neck, I mean, below the belt, that you haven't masturbated? Like, I think masturbated should probably be, be yeah, masturbated should be before number one, which as you recall, was held, hand, rom- held hands romantically. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Masturbated with an inanimate object. Who's masturbating with an animate object? Like a person? What? Been caught master. All right, seen a red runner. I'm not going to keep on going through all these, but like fondled or had your butt cheeks fondled, fondled or had your breasts fondled, fondled or had your genitals fondled. Stop saying fondled. It's too much. Sent a sexually explicit text. Whoa, that's crazy. Purchased contraceptives. This one was weird. Ingested someone else's genital secretion. I don't even think that's come. I think that's probably just like some sort of condition that's, you know, oozing. <laughs> I wouldn't ingest that if I were you, dude. Kissed a roommate. Oh, kicked a roommate out to commit a sexual act. Ingested alcohol in a non-religious context. What? Are they assuming that people that went to Rice and that are filling out? If you're filling out a purity test that's written by college students, I, I bet you've had a fucking cocktail before, dude. Fake sobriety to memory. What? Fake fake sobriety to parents or teachers. I don't know what the fuck. Use methamphetamine, crack cocaine, PCP, horse tranquilizers, or heroin. Well, that's an intense one. I love how that one is number 52. Did you use heroin or not? And the number 56 is gone skinny dipping. (laughs) I would recommend swimming naked before doing heroin, bro. Had the police... Then, like, dude, 70 through fucking 79 are, like, all start with the words had sexual intercourse. It's like... I, I don't know, man. I know this isn't supposed to be like, you know, poetry or, or great art, but this this is not very, very well done. <laughs> Had a threesome, attended an orgy. Can you just attend an orgy? Oh, I'm just here to attend. I'll just be watching you do things and then maybe looking you in the eyes while you're doing things with other people, but I won't be doing them. I'll be clothed. I'll be clothed over here. Impregnated. Okay. So the rest of these are just whatever had two or more distinct acts of sexual intercourse with two or more people within 24 hours. Is there such thing as an indistinct act of sexual intercourse? What would that even mean? Like you don't really put like your dick into her vagina. They just like kind of like are blurred. (laughs) Like, like in pornos when it just blurred genitalia, that's indistinct. That's an indistinct act. I can't, I can't distinct. I can't distinguish it. (laughs) I'm pregnant in 96. Here's the last four. Paid or been paid for a sexual act. That's just prostitution is the word. By the way, the Manhattan DA no longer is going to be prosecuting people that engage in prostitution, although they will continue to engage in prosecuting Johns. Johns. 97, or sorry, 98, committed an act of voyeurism. 99, committed an act of incest. Number 100, engaged in bestiality. <laughs> Like, I don't even think, 
Yeah, I know for a fact you wouldn't want to check off all 100. I really hope this rice purity test isn't inspiring people to try to check all 100 of the boxes because that's just like really dangerous behavior. <laughs> Don't do that. So yeah, like in terms of space news, please turn the podcast off now. Victoria, Carissa, Asha, growing list of friends I have that don't like space content. You know what? Also, you guys, why don't you guys just get in a room and just talk about boring things? Because apparently that's what you're interested in, okay? Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about space this week. Obviously, the big news is that NASA flew a helicopter off the surface of Mars. It's pretty dope. There's a video you can watch of the mission control people ticking off the check boxes and then looking at the video and flipping out and God, that must be such a good feeling to, to have such an audacious goal to fly a craft on another planet that is 99 times less dense atmospherically than ours is. And just, it works the first time you tried it. Like my tip, my cap to you, NASA, I tip my gin to you. Um, there's not that many, uh, okay, here are the, here are the uh, space news stories this week that I thought were of note. I mean, nothing touches the helicopter, obviously, but did you guys know that um, 5,200 tons, which is 4,700 metric tons of interplanetary dust lands each year on our planet? And I'm not talking about meteorites. I'm just talking specifically about dust. Meteorites, by comparison, bring less than 10 tons or 9 metric tons of material from space. Dude, that's a shit ton of fucking space dust. Actually, I wonder, you know when you're like, you know, guy, you guys know about dust? You know when your apartment gets dusty? Is some of that space dust, dude? That's pretty fucking sick, dude. Um, SpaceX is going to uh, fly more astronauts to the space station. I think that it occurred the day before this was released, Thursday, April 22nd. Crew 2, the mission includes two NASA astronauts, Shane Kimbrough and Megan MacArthur, uh, two Japanese, or sorry, one... Japanese astronaut Akihiko Hoshide, did I say that right? And European European Space Agency astronaut Thomas Pesquet. Okay, I feel like that's reasonably interesting information. Yeah, I mean, look, we're just sending a bunch of fucking people to the ISS via via private crafts, dude. There's going to be a Sally Ride quarter. Is that something of note? Is that something people want to hear about? I would think not. That's probably why this podcast is fairly small because I share information such as Sally Ride quarters. <laughs> Sally Ride, Danny. That's Sally Rise. Um, the only other big thing that I thought was cool is that there's this reality show competition involving space. The competition is called Space Hero. They're looking for contestants, and the idea is that they're going to travel. The prize is that they'll get to go to the International Space Station, aka the ISS. So this is kind of weird. The company hosting this contest has signed a Space Act agreement with NASA. But the contract does not give a green light for a private astronaut mission up to the space station. It just offers initial cooperation and information exchange between the company and NASA. And then the company that would actually provide the space flight is this uh, American aerospace company called Axiom Space. But it just, what? I don't understand. Some of these articles, like, especially when an article, when they try to boil down complex information to a paragraph, oftentimes you're just kind of left scratching your head like, what the fuck are you guys trying to say? So the con- they're starting a show, but it doesn't involve the prize. The prize isn't included in the show concept. Yeah, we're going to do the show. What do, what do you win? A trip to the space station. Oh, that's cool. Who's doing the trip? It hasn't been scared yet. All right. Well, fine. Danny, are you almost done with the podcast? Did you get to the part where you try to inspire people with a quote? Because I want to fuck you. 
Come fuck me. Oh my god, that's good. <laughs> All right. Um to wrap up the pod John, on this lovely Friday in fucking April, kid. Uh this is a quote that I read uh in Psychology Today. Um, it's basically just a little snippet from Rachel Hyman, who is a senior program manager of engineering infrastructure at Google. Sounds boring, doesn't it? But her quote is pretty fucking sick. Um, in it, she talks about STEM. Um, you know, the, what is it? Science, technologies, engineering. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> and math. Yes. Science, technology, engineering, math. Those are the STEM uh, courses or disciplines. And she talks about... Um, adding an a and you'll hear what it's for so but i just want to say that before i read the quote because it might be a little confusing because you can't see the words that i'm reading because you're not looking at me because you're not with me in this room right now. i wish you were with me in this room right now danny stop hitting on girls that are out in the in the globe and stuff i'm your girlfriend i'm right here okay this is a quote from rachel she says, I trained as an artist and worked as a bartender where you get to see people at their most vulnerable. I now deal with the interaction of projects and personalities with what people need to feel safe to engage the fragile creative parts of themselves. The creativity of executing code, however, is different from generating the ideas for magical and new things. That's why there is now a push for STEAM, not just STEM, for the arts to be added back into education. The humanities bring you all the things you can think of. The technologists help make them real. There's a beauty in the how, but you always need someone to dream, to see new possibilities, or else you turn out the same kinds of things over and over again. We are not valuing the dreamers. The culture is thinking about what's possible based on optimization of stock prices, rather than on what helps people, which will never be as profitable as the technology that figures out how to sell something. Dreamers start from the part of the self that wants to reach out to others and tell a story or create something meaningful. I don't see much difference between artists and engineers, but one group gets paid much more than the other. In my work, I help people to create change. I want people to understand that their legacy isn't the code that they write, but what they learned from writing the code. Gotta love that kind of shit, you know? Because there's often this like breakdown between the humanities and liberal arts and the STEM professions, but you know, you need the vision, you need the philosophers, you need the the creative, conceptual people to to build the ideas or to like, you know, Jesus, Danny, what I'm gonna, what am I doing? Jesus, Danny, what the fuck? You're trying to summarize this beautifully stated idea that this woman expressed way better than you ever will danny your audience doesn't look to you for that pal just wrap up the fucking pod john um no but i i love that uh i love the kind of thinking and i love that 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 creators um trying to come up with innovative ways to help the world and others around them are just as valuable as the people that know how to execute the code that we all now spend our lives living inside of algorithm what did you just make a fucking matrix re- matrix reference like two days after 420, dude? You're fucking crazy, bro. Uh, thank you for listening to fucking the Danny Palmer show. Follow me on Instagram, Danny Palmer NYC. If you're in New York City, which hopefully you will be, thank you for listening. Germany and Denver, my two best markets, one international, one domestic. Uh, if you come to New York, come to Black Cat LES 172 Rivington every Friday night. Uh, the shows are at nine o'clock. And they're fucking 
fun. We like to create things. Long live stand-up comedy. Long live the fucking... I don't, I don't have an ending to that sentence. Thanks for listening, you guys. Okay, are you done now, Danny? Yeah, okay, well, I'm going to put on some laundry just to torment you. I'm tired of walking around naked. I'm going to put on clothes to make you feel even more horny for me, okay? Okay. Ooh. Are you letting me in the bed? Don't put your hand, okay, you can put your hand there. Yeah, that's a strap. Just undo the strap.